This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the National Alliance of Wine Growers and Distributors. Have you had your two glasses of wine today? Well, we're number two. And River of Life Lutheran Church. Sunday services come once a week. How often do you? Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the The most spectacular episode of the Winefellers yet. We will meet two entrepreneurs who are changing the way the world drinks wine. First, we will meet with Teg McCarthy of Gick Wine. Uh, if you recall from our last show, Gick is possibly the world's first and only bright blue wine, and it is being marketed strictly, for the most part, to millennials. And during the second half of our show, we will crack one open and whack one back with Graham Vesey, brainchild behind the Man Can. You may recall from our last show that the Man Can is a new wine in a can geared specifically toward male millennial wine drinkers and soccer dads. All on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers. But first, a special wine tasting event. But now, my favorite segment of the week. Your good fellers, Mark and Joe, explore the exciting world of tasting and pairing wine. And remember, we're always on the lookout for suggestions from you. So let's pop the cork right now on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers. <laughs> hey, Joe. Oh, Mark. Ah. It is so nice to see your smiling face I am here. so excited because I really think today it's going to be our best episode in Wine Fellers history. I'm 100% behind you there, Mark. I mean, this is, this is incredible. We have two amazing guests, uh, two people, two organizations, two companies that are spearheading the millennial wine drinking generation. Probably the biggest thing in wine since wine itself. That's right. 
<laughs> so, uh, Mark, we've got this special wine tasting. It's not really a pairing, more of a tasting here. That's right. But um, this is in honor of our two special guests that you're referring to, mm-hmm. uh, Gick with the blue wine and Man Can. That's right. Right? With the manly can. The manly can. Um, now, you know, when uh, <laughs> we've got these, these guests on today. Yeah. The interviews, as you know, they're coordinated so fast yeah that um there's often no chance of getting the the products right that we've that we're discussing into the winefeller studio in time to check them out before the interviews that's right well this time was no different no (laughs) so what have we got what have we tried to do here to recreate the illusion the feel that we are sitting with their products today well, what we've done is, uh, so we, we uh, got some Pinot Grigio uh, that we found, and uh, we went to the grocery store, we went to Food Line, and we bought some blue dye. Yep. And we put blue dye into the <laughs> into our Pinot Grigio. It, it, in my mind, it sounded so much more complicated. Well, I mean, I think it's it's. <laughs> I mean, but actually, I think we tried to replicate the color of Gick wine, and I think we came pretty close. Yeah. It, I mean, I think it's it's something that uh, you know it's it's hard to do, but I think we did a good job. You can go on to the Wine Fellers Instagram account. Yes. And check it out right now. We're kind of live, uh, not really live streaming it, but we are. We've got our producer in here taking some live shots during the show, putting them on Instagram. This is a new feature, Mark. Yes. So, so go on, check it out, and if, you ca- you're, if you're catching the podcast from iTunes uh, later this week, mm-hmm. then definitely pull up Instagram, go to the Winefellers on, on that site, and just uh, follow along the show with the Instagram photos. Yes. It's pretty fun. Yes. Um, you're right. What we've got here is a, a beautiful... 2013 Pinot Grigio out of Sonoma uh, County. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, this this maker I'm not familiar with. Uh, yes. Uh, well, so we have Ferrari Carano, and it's a great uh, uh, maker from Sonoma, Sonoma County. They do a really good job. Uh, th- this is, uh, you know, they're not really known for their Pinot Grigio, but uh, I was able to find it, and I thought this would be something we could really turn into Gick wine really quickly, so I think it was a good thing. Yeah, two dro- a glass of Pinot Grigio, two drops of blue food coloring. I don't, Mark, think it affects the taste of the wine at all. No, I don't think so. Mm. You like it? A nice little sip there. I, I can tell you right now that it changes the way... I perceive the wine. Good, 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 good. Uh, it's it's different. Oh, good, good. So so after we uh, have uh, our, our uh, take from Gick Wine, then we're going to have the man can. The man can, right? And so we we couldn't get a, the man can here in the studio in time. No. So so I made I made a couple of man cans for for you and me, Mark. You did. I did. Uh, we've tried them out, and again, they're on they're on Instagram. So go check them out. Now they they smell pretty bad, which is probably a, a good thing for a man can. Uh, what I've done is I've taken an empty can, Mark. Yes. Okay, just an empty aluminum can. And I, I've taken an old pair of my chainsaw gloves. Yes, right? I see that. That's very, very funny. S- the, the, an old pair of steel chainsaw gloves. Right. And they, they smell just horrible. Uh. Now, I've glued the can to the palm of, and fingers of the glove. So when you insert your, and and you can see this, but I'm telling our listeners right now, Mm -hmm. as you insert your hand into the glove all the way, you find that you are holding a can. 
I know it's you great. Know, you can't like you can't drop the can. I know. All right, now wh- I figured, what do I need to put on this can to make it even manlier? Right. So I thought, you know, one thing that I I do that lots of men do is they shave. They do. And so I put I hot glued a, um, a razor to one side of the can, kind of the far side of it. So you can take a, a swig of wine. And then give yourself a little shave if you need to. That's right. I've uh, hot glued a, uh, <laughs> a steak knife. Funny, yes. Right, as well. And you can see all these on Twitter. Yeah, this is all on Twitter, all, all of our social media. That's right. And check it out because uh, this is straight out of the Winery 51, the Winefeller's secret uh, area where mm-hmm. we come up with new wine products. Mm-hmm. This is no different. That's right. Um, but I think uh, finally the uh, there's a Slim Jim. Yes, that was. I liked it. That was nice. The last there's a little slim gem. It's very funny. Hot yes. glued on the side. Now I noticed after I built this that with this knife and razor and meat stick poking up from the top of the can. Yes. There's no way to get your mouth down to the the lip of the can without, uh, well, stabbing yourself in the face. Yes, I know. And so um, I've brought in a couple oh. of curly straws today. Well, I think that ruins the concept of the man can, doesn't I, it? I think so. You know, <laughs> I, I left the house and I said, I need a straw. Oh, no. And, uh, you know, got got uh, three kids at the house, uh, right. all girls. And so I, I have a bunch of pink curly straws. Yes, very nice. That uh, that I brought along. And I, I think you're right. You'll agree that... that uh, it's not quite such a man can with well, the straw. Well, I in think there. it's great, and I think it's 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 something we can use until we get an actual man can uh, on the show. We can actually try one. So let's uh, move on to our first guest. Yeah, we're gonna we're we're going to uh, listen to a song first, Marky. Yeah, and uh, um, <laughs> and just hang out with our our wine and our man cans. Stick around; you won't want to miss the rest of this show. We are. Listening to the Wine Fellers. In 2010, the oldest known 
mass-produced wine was discovered in an Armenian cave. Contained inside fermentation vats and jars was the residue of wine dating back to 4100 BC. In approximately 20 AD, Jesus Christ's first recorded miracle, in the canonical works that is, was turning water into wine. And now, in 2016, almost 2,000 years later, a little-known Spanish wine company called Gick decided to achieve what had never been done before, get some wine, add some non-caloric sweetener, and then dye it blue to captivate millions of millennials. Taig McCarthy of Gick. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers. Hey, how you doing? I'm great, Mark. How are you? Oh, great. I'm so, uh, so glad to have you on the show. Uh, we've been uh, really excited about this because uh, since we were learned about your wine, uh, we uh, knew that we had to have you on because uh, our millennial listeners want to know more about uh, this wine, how you came up with it, and w- more importantly, when is this wine going to hit the United States so they can buy some? <laughs> I mean, we are a huge fan, and uh, we and our listeners just want to hear ab- about it all. So for uh, for those who don't know, and I'll, uh, uh, who are turning into the wine uh, fellers and who didn't listen last week, Gick is blue wine. And as far as I know, the first blue wine uh, uh, created. Uh, so how did you come up with this idea? Well, uh, I don't know if you know about this, but wine is really traditional in Spain and in France, so it's really part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really traditional uh, place. Like to innovate is really difficult there. So we did some stuff with uh, traditional wine companies, okay. and we were really unhappy with the way they saw innovation and their uh, attitude toward towards new stuff. Mm. So we proposed a couple of things and they were like, are you crazy? That's blasphemy. You cannot do that. I mean, please get out of my <laughs> my room. Right. And plus we're really young. So we we felt that uh, we were really tr- uh, mistreated. So that was a, a nice motivation to to stand up and do, do our own stuff. So we wanted to do a, a revolution and the wine industry looked like the right place to do it. Right. Well, it's, it, it's interesting because I looked at your your website, and you freely admit that this you're not looking to make the best tasting wine in the world. You what you're trying to do is you are trying to make a wine that mostly millennials can identify with, as far as I can tell. Is that is that correct? Well, uh, yeah, we actually did the wine we would like to drink. Mm-hmm. So we're not wine people. I mean, right. uh, I I didn't used to drink wine, so I just uh, I didn't go speak to oenologists or to uh, really people that know a lot of stuff. Like I asked myself and my friends, like, do you like this? Do you like this? <laughs> and that was the kind of research we did, like really straightforward. Right. Hey, now, um, I guess there you could have chosen from probably many different colors. And how did you land on the blue that you chose? That was a really easy choice because uh, when we started, we didn't know what we were doing. So uh, we liked to read a lot, of, a lot of books. And there was a book that was really inspiring for us. That's called uh, The Blue Ocean Strategy. Mm-hmm. And what this book says is really visual that there are uh, red oceans and they are red because they are like uh, tainted with uh, blood. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because the, the sharks are fighting against each other for a very little amount of fishes. Yes. And they speak, I mean, they explain how to make a blue ocean mm -hmm. where there's no sharks because no one's going for those fishes. Okay. And we thought that it was like really poetry to make uh, a blue ocean out of a red ocean by turning <laughs> blue the red. Oh, that's that's great. Now, I mean, in, in some ways, uh, you know, I, I can't help but think that a part of that was maybe a jab to the 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 incumbent wine industry in Spain right now. Maybe that's the uh, the sea with all the sharks. Uh, and they're not allowing these innovations, the, these smaller good ideas to flourish. True. Totally. I mean, that's totally the case. But we're speaking about an industry that is run by families in, in villages. Mm -hmm. So they are really fond of the old ways and the way everything's been going for the last centuries. And that's okay. I mean, we have nothing against that. It's just not the way we are. So we wanted to make something the way we are. Well, you know, what, what I do appreciate definitely about what you're doing is is I'm a, a Bordeaux fan. I really like some good Bordeaux, older Bordeaux. And, and, uh, but, you know, if there is one complaint I have about uh, Bordeaux or the or French wine industry right now is that they are missing the chance to get younger drinkers. That totally. In America uh, – that is people who drink Bordeaux are old people. Y young people don't drink Bordeaux. They don't care about it. They want a story. They want a cool looking bottle. They want wine that's not too expensive, but they want wine they can uh, take a picture with, which mm -hmm. makes, yep. you know, blue wine. You can take a picture with like a totally. Selfie. So this is what uh, uh, our generation in America wants. And and I'm just I'm glad you're you're at least trying to do this because I don't understand the chateaus in France are just not understanding what is actually happening now. Have any of these larger, older, more established uh, wineries, have they expressed any interest at all in, in, your, in the way that you're engaging these millennials? Well, we've heard kind of everything up to now, and especially uh, critics. Um, wine industry has been really uh, criticizing this, this new product because it's just like, First of all, nonsense to them, and then like something like a blasphemy. So that's that's the only hit thing with her. <laughs> right. So, so none of them uh, still uh, see any value in get in wooing this next generation of wine drinkers. It seems because they're just maintaining the same uh, marketing mm -hmm. and manufacturing that they've been doing for hundreds of years. Yeah, if you want to know the truth, actually, uh, we worked with a uh, with a very very uh, big wine producer, and they hired us to uh, make like branding and advertising to attract mm -hmm. younger uh, customers. I see. So we we read their research. Right. So we and they know what's going on. So when we proposed like let's change the product, yes. they were like, no, 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 no. We have yeah. millions millions to spend in advertising. Right. For this to be cool, we can make apps, we can wow. uh, make uh, uh, racing, like motorcycles, something like that. Yeah. But we are not changing the product. So they, they, uh. they, they didn't understand what was fundamentally needed to be done to attract some of the younger wine drinkers and where you stepped in, which is, I think is commendable. Well, and, and yeah, I mean, I think it's fantastic. It, it shows that, that these wine companies, these larger, older producers mm -hmm. that, that Mark and I have, have 
talked at length on the show about. Right. Um, they are not uh, getting up with the times. All right. They and it's my personal opinion that a great many of them in the next twenty to forty years will not will cease to exist because they're they're losing the interest in their product. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember when uh, I think it was Coca Cola when they when with the health. Uh, you know, I guess consequences of drinking too many calories, uh, sugary sodas started hitting the media. They purchased uh, water bottling companies and came up with, you know, Dasani water or Deer Park water. And you don't even know that it's Coca-Cola, but here they are. They've got a whole other branch of healthy products. They thought about that's doing It's doing just fine. And I'm reminded of that when you tell your story. It would be wise for these companies to venture out into these cool new products. Totally. I mean, um, the drink world is changing at an amazing speed. For example, like energy drinks, which is a huge market right now, didn't exist some years ago. So trends are obviously changing. Yeah. So, uh, you know, in in, in America, uh, 40% uh, millennials... Uh, drink 40% of all the wine uh, that is sold. And yeah. I think that's an incredible number. And I think it's uh, hard to believe. So it's more than my generation, Generation X, or my parents' generation. And, uh, and so when in your advertising, you say that you are drinking uh, creation. Uh, you are breaking the rules and creating your own ones. That's awesome. And you are reinventing, reinventing tradition. So it seems like you, are, uh, you actively know uh, what group you are uh, you are uh, advertising to totally uh, first of all because we are targeting ourselves yeah. and we feel really attracted to this kind of uh, story so like in, in spain like you can ask like do you know about do you know wine right like, sabes de vino do you know wine and that's like uh, for me like a really silly question it's like why are you making your customers like why do you have to study to be able to enjoy a glass yeah and that's not cool to me I mean, if I if I want to get into something, I I will like watch some videos on YouTube and I will get into it. But I just want to enjoy something. Don't tell me like I need to learn. Yes, exactly. So so where where does the blue come from? I mean, how how is that made? Uh, you know where where you know I think you add sweetener. Where does that come from? I mean, how, how what's the process of your wine is put together? Okay, that's a really good question. And when we started doing some research about this, like uh, almost four years ago. Uh, we looked into every possibility. So we looked with artificial coloring, uh, and that did not make sense because uh, wine is wine's a really complex drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, the alcohol, the fermentation process, not many things survive in during the process. Right. That That's one of the good things about wine, that no bacteria survive. So, so we had to really go into the roots and we asked ourselves, how does nature get uh, red strawberries or green apples or blue blueberries? And it was funny because in the, in the skin of the very red grape, you can find that, I mean, it's not uh, red. It's actually like bluish purple. Huh. That's because a uh, pigment called anthocyanin. So we used like, we're like, can we use that? Um, so we did some research and, and actually we could. So we synthesized that's, that uh, organic pigment and that's what we use nice good and then the now, anything else besides the uh, food yeah is, is there additional flavorings that you add yeah yeah of course um we need it to be uh 
is a drink. And that, mean, that means uh, kind of sweet. Not really too sweet, like honey, but more like a Coca-Cola, something like that. Sure. So there are two ways of doing that. Either you add sugar or you add non-caloric sweeteners. Mm-hmm. Sugar wasn't a choice for two reasons. First of all, because uh, it makes you fat yep. and like, we don't want to be fat. Yep. And second, because sugar ferments inside the bottle uh, after, after some months. So it was just a can't do type of choice. So we went for the non-caloric sweeteners. Well, there and there are a number of, of great alternatives out there for that today. I know yeah, I, re- like, I remember years yeah. ago. Yeah. Years ago, there was, um, you know, the, the, the pink, uh, you saccharin, know, saccharin, Splenda, Splenda. But now, well, now there is Splenda did something different. Mm-hmm. I think Splenda got it, you know, better than than any that came before it. Right. I don't know if it's any different or the fact it's in a yellow packet makes me think it's better. Oh, I think it's better. OK. <laughs> I don't know. I like yellow. Now, did you did you have some sort of. Uh, uh, sweetener taste test with your buddies and just figured out which one was best? Many, 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 many. And actually what we did, that's very funny, uh, we used uh, people at events as guinea pigs. <laughs> so we had some friends that do uh, fashion events. Yeah. Uh, new, new, new designers, fashion designers. So And we offered catering uh, for free. And oh, wow. what they didn't know is that we were trying different kind of... Uh, flavorings and bottles and stuff so you, that was really fun, <laughs> fun well, to watch. If, <laughs> so wait wait you would go to these events and bring uh your experiments uh-huh, and, and, have and, and and watch and see how people reacted that's smart yeah. <laughs> that's great i love it and if you're just joining us on the wine fellers we are talking to Tig, who uh, he is uh, of Gick Wine, and it's the first company, as far as we know, that's making blue electric blue wine and uh, bright blue wine that's being marketed to mostly millennials. And I think we're soon going to see it come to this country. When is the wine going to reach here? Do you think? Oh my God! As soon as possible, because uh, it's. I mean. When we designed this product, uh, obviously the U.S. market was uh, something we were looking really forward to, because of the like we are from Spain, but we feel really identified with the American uh, way of thinking and doing stuff. Yep. So we were really looking forward to that. But uh, I mean, the ocean is in the middle, so that's a problem. Mm. And I think it's going to take us like uh, one month to be able to uh, sell it in the U.S. at a price that we feel comfortable. Right. Sure. We don't want it to be too expensive. What is your target price for one of these bottles? It would be like uh, $14, mm-hmm. so $13 maybe, something like that. Absolutely. That's a, We had a, a millennial panel on the show last week. That's right. Uh, five five of, of these uh, uh, kids, and they... Um, Kids, Mark. I say kids. They're they're no, they're, they're adults, they're right? I'm adults. the old guy here. Right, right. So, um, <laughs> but they were on here, and they had such great uh, ways of expressing their interest in wine. And Mark mentioned earlier about the you know if you want a cool label, but also we can't ignore what which they brought up the price, the price, you know, and what you look like taking a picture with the bottle. <laughs> Yep, yep. But I think that that, that $14, uh, I think they actually mentioned, you know, right around in that. They didn't want to spend more than that. They, they, they felt, I they think felt that's more, a good price think, point yeah, for this. Yeah, that was good. Well, Tyke, uh, thank you so much for coming on our show. And please come on again. We really appreciate it. And uh, 
we are excited to try your wine when it actually hits the United <laughs> States. Yeah, in fact, can we um, can we check in in a month or two, see where it's at, and um, and you know the wine fellers know a few people who know someone here, so maybe we can pull some strings and and get it get it over here even sooner because I want to have some of it. I have to have some. Ty, thank that you so much. That would be great, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much for, for having me here and for listening to me and letting me tell my story. It's been great. Thank you. listening to the Weinfellers. We're having a great day. And you remember last time when you were enjoying a nice meal at a restaurant and then decided to order that glass of wine? <laughs> of course you do. But that glass arrived at your table and you quickly began to look around and panic? How much of a man really am I to have ordered this girly refreshment? I mean, this has happened to me, Mark, right? Okay. Um, well, thanks to our next guest, Graham Vesey, there is now a solution to this well-known problem. Now you, too, 
can buy the man can. Wine in a can made just for a man. Graham, a burly welcome to this week's Wine Fellers. We're, we're equal opportunity. It's called man can. Oh, okay. Everybody can have it. We're pro-choice. But no, it was designed... Uh, <laughs> uh, I was at a bar one night with a buddy. Right. And he ordered a beer. I'd been working on a home improvement project and was covered in drywall dust. And I said... Very manly, I don't know why by they the don't way. have... Yeah, exactly. I was covered in drywall dust. I was like, went to this dive bar, and who knows if they had wine. And if they did, it could have been open for weeks. And so I said, <laughs> why do they have all these craft beers in cans, and you can get you know, beer in cans, and there's not wine in a can? Both pulled out our iPhones, and we searched wine in a can. Right. And the only thing that popped up was Sofia Coppola and her little pink can of champagne with a straw. <laughs> that's, that's not what I mean. I yes. want a 12-ounce can. I, w- I want a man can. That's <laughs> the idea pops. That's great. So I've been uh, you know, reading the press uh, today about your uh, man can, and I, just one thing sort of just caught my eye. There was a writer, I forgot where, but uh, he asked whether this signaled the end of times. Oh, please. <laughs> he did. I'm not kidding. <laughs> the fact that there was uh, the man can. Why do you think that, that there's such a, a strong reaction to, uh, to what you're doing? I think that's the problem with wine culture. Is there way too uh, arrogant and you know, people have this formality around wine. And so you know, what we've done is we've taken awesome wine made from the highest quality California juice, and we've put it into a proven package. Uh And for all those winos, they freak out and they call it the end of time. I call it the beginning because it's taking the chore out of drinking wine. And we're not trying to replace the whole ritual of opening up a bottle of wine at the dinner table. What we're trying to do is make wine an option for tailgating, poolside, going on the boat, you know, we're in progressive field, which is where the Cleveland Indians play. We're number one right now. Woo! About. And, uh, yeah, that's the whole notion is just crack one open and whack one back. And, you know, for us, we're the first exclusive wine in the can company. So we not only wanted something in that proven package, but we designed the wine and the taste profile to deliberately be non-vintage and non-varietal because we want you to get that consistency year after year, can after can, and the way that we did our blends, we'll be able to do that regardless of the harvest. We can just source it from you know, either a different vineyard in California or a different region. Now, so when you when you say that, I think it's a, a great idea, by the way. You know, every time you reach Thanks. for a reach for a, a, your favorite beer, you want it to taste like your favorite beer. And right. the same thing with this uh, with the with the man can. Uh, now, is it more of a? I know you're you, you're just uh, using the same. Uh, type of grapes and making you know saying it's kind of there's no vintage to it and whatnot but is it a is it a red wine is it a white wine yeah so we stuck with the staples we've got man can red man can white and man can fizz which is our white with bubbles we're going to come out with a rosé uh towards the end of the year and the whole notion is we want to make it as simple as possible so when you're like yeah i love an awesome red or i love an awesome white and we did this happy hour at the headquarters of YouTube, and it was fascinating because people would come there like, which one should we get? Yes. Like, well, what, do, what kind of wine do you like? And too often people have a premonition of, oh, 
you know, I should drink red huh. because it's winter. Or I should drink white because it's summer. It's like, just drink what you like. And that's what we've been able to do is craft these blends that have a universal taste appeal. So uh, it's a dry red and a dry white, but we've got a Viognier uh, blend for our white that has that dryness, but some real melony or peachy flavor. So you've got the best of both worlds. And then our red, the Merlot blend, but we've got Zin. So you know, it's dry, but it's not puckery dry. And it's super refreshing. I am, I, I've got to try some of these. But it, as you were explaining this, uh, it came to mind that you know, a lot of what you're doing, this is a whole new philosophy. It's just not a new product. It's the philosophy behind wine and its place in our society. And after we spoke with some of these younger uh, drinkers who, who enjoy wine, uh, it is changing, and I, I'm a big believer that you guys are riding that wave. Well, we appreciate that. The, the whole thing is when people say, oh, it's going to replace this or it's going to uh, pivot that, we don't see it as necessarily an evolution but more of an expansion. So it's not the next box or it's not mm. the next screw top. It's awesome wine but just in a different package. And so you're actually getting a vessel that's better for the wine, which a lot of wine snobs out out there will say, what do you mean? How is the can better for the wine? The two main destabilizing factors for wine is light and oxygen. And no light is going to penetrate a can. And we also, in our canning process, we dose each can with nitrogen, which is a heavier gas than oxygen. So when we seam the top of the can, we've expelled all the oxygen. So we stabilize it right when we can it, that when you crack it open at home, it is the most refreshing wine that you're going to have at a super aggressive price point. Now, if you're just tuning in to the Wine Fellers, we're listening to Graham, who is owner of the Man Can. It's wine. Man Man Can. Man Can. Wine being marketed marketed to men, which is, you know. Or women, Mark. Well, or women. But it's called the man can. It's called the man can. When I first heard about You're this, right. when I first heard about this, I, what what did confuse me a little bit is that uh, you know I've been collecting wine for you know quite a while, and uh, how it, long? Uh, six, uh, seven weeks, <laughs> and uh, and so yeah, right. <laughs> and what I have found is that right now, in when the wine uh, collecting community, and when I run wine auctions and things like that, mostly men show up. Mostly, it's mostly men who are collecting wine. It's mostly men who uh, who call me about uh, their collections they want to sell. Um, and there are some women who who show up to the auction. There's some women I talk to, but there's just not that as many of them. And it's just interesting because to me, wine's sort of already been you know kind of is a masculine activity. If anything, maybe we should you know the woman can would be something that we would need more of but 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 that's not where you're coming from well you you better not come out with a she can <laughs> we'll know where you got that idea right it's one of those things when you go into the wine section and ensure your experience in terms of collecting and going to auctions it probably does have it but we're somebody who's never been to a wine auction right. we love wine i'm one of four boys when i had that idea at that bar the next morning i woke up and i called my brother said, you know, what do you think about wine in a can? They're like, oh, God, we'd fill our fridges with that in a heartbeat. Right. And so when you think of it as a vessel, when you go tailgating, you do not see people 
either uncorking or screwing <laughs> off wine bottles and pouring them into their silo cups. <laughs> we want to capture that market. Same thing with boating. Yeah. Poolside, people are freaked out. We're at the theater at the Ace Hotel in downtown L.A., this really cool venue. They were so psyched when we showed up because it, you're doing two things. It's one, they're able to eliminate the need for stemware. They crack it open and they push it. They're not going to have any breakage. They're not going to have any waste. So you have all these places that you know, maybe they've got you know, a, a red and a white in their wine list, mm-hmm. but it's really you know, probably something that none of the bartenders know anything about. People are like, what do you have? And they'll say some varietal that the bartender won't know. That's why we stuck with the staples and, as I said, deliberately non-vintage and non-varietal. And the opportunity is those different venues, and it's expanding as opposed to trying to poach that market. So if anybody ever told me that they put a case of man can in their cellar, I would <laughs> throw up in my mouth a little bit. And if any of them said, hey, you know, we're going to age it, I'd be like, well, you are not the right demo. So I always say it's millennials and yeah. soccer dads, and it's what you're cracking open as you're walking around crossing off the honeydew list. <laughs> now, Graham, uh, you, you did uh, wisely suggest that Mark not start production on the hurricane. That's right. The uh, she can. The she can. The she can. <laughs> she can. That's actually pretty good. Yeah, pretty nice. <laughs> All right. So, so, but however, um, you know, we weren't able to get any man cans. No, we weren't. For the show today. However, um, so I took it upon myself to make a few man cans of my own to bring to the show in honor of your guest appearance. Right. And I want to describe it to you. We, we it, posted a picture on Twitter for people who want to sure, see it. Sure, sure. It's on all the social media sites. Um, and, and feel free to incorporate any of these ideas into your products free of charge uh, from the Weinfellers. I, I, what I did is I, start, <laughs> I started with a can, uh-huh. an, em- an empty can. Uh, I didn't have a can of wine. And right. I first thing I did was I glued it to, into a um, chainsaw an glove. old chainsaw glove. Yeah, um, comes with a glove. <laughs> so, so when you put your hand into the glove, you're already holding your beverage. Yeah, that, I like that touch. That um, nice. Now, uh, I, I also hope you used a hot glue gun to do that. That's that's exactly, exactly what I what I have right. here. Um, and then I thought, you know, what is what do men do? Well, they shave. So I on the far side of the can, I uh, hot glued on a shaver, uh, razor, razor. Um, a steak knife. And a Slim Jim. Now, um, I know that uh, uh, this may sound uh, odd to a lot of people, but this was my first attempt at it. Yes. Unfortunately, you can't drink the uh, contents without stabbing yourself in the face. With a knife. And a, and a razor. <laughs> and a Slim Jim. But you, you basically have guaranteed user error. <laughs> I, I'm betting that there, there would be problems getting something like this approved for mass market. But, but what, we, what I don't like, and I, and I think what Graham might not like, is your solution. What was your solution to drinking this wine? Well, uh, it was pretty bad. So here I have uh, what might be considered a very manly can. Um, and in order to drink out of it, I needed to get some straws just to avoid the knives and the, oh, the razors. Yeah. You basically just eliminated the man part of it. Yeah, exactly. It's worse to, than that. To make matters... Did you put on a skirt? <laughs> <laughs> to make matters worse, as I was leaving the house, I've got uh, three daughters there. The only straws I could find were curly pink ones. Yeah, so it's just not... I mean, I may as well just put a little fold-up umbrella in there. I know. And, and I've ruined it's the whole thing. Cool. 
<laughs> so, so <Right>. where, <laughs> you know, where can uh, we get a man can right now? Are they are they out? Are they available? They are out. They're available. I mentioned you know, two of the places, uh, and they're geographically dispersed. But we're in California. We're in Ohio. We're in Massachusetts, New Hampshire. You can find us uh, in West Virginia. You can find us um, in Georgia. And they're at great venues everywhere from Progressive Field, where the Major League Baseball team, the Cleveland Indians, play, to the theater at the Ace Hotel in downtown L.A. But if you go to our website, which is mancanwine.com, you can click Find Man Can on the top bar and see the different places where you can buy both on-premise and off-premise. So one thing we talked about with our last guest, and I think this is sort of a, of a theme that we're revisiting, is that, you know, I really like uh, Bordeaux wine. I love to drink Yeah, you a keep nice going on about but, this, Mark. But one thing that is, I've noticed is that, especially French Bordeaux makers or, uh-huh. or French winemakers in general, not to get on the French, but they're, <laughs> they're not understanding that the wine industry is changing and no. changing rapidly. That uh, millennials, they don't want to drink French wine. They don't want to, they don't want to decipher what's on a, on a French line, wine label. They don't want to buy wine that's not ready to drink. They want to buy wine that mm-hmm. they can drink right now. And they want wine or uh, or beer that they can take a uh, selfie with and post it on instant uh, on social media <laughs> on Instagram, <laughs> on instant uh, Mark, yeah. media, yeah, and on so, Instagram, on Instacat, <laughs> and so um, and so uh, I th- is, is that uh, where this is coming from when you are trying to decide how to market the man can? Yeah, on the older age of the millennials, but I'm still considered a millennial by marketers. And you know, I think it's really a convenience play. And so when you're looking you know, to grab and go, and you're looking to just dump a bunch of things that you want to enjoy later in a cooler, or if you want to grab it, and as I said, cross off that honey-do list while you're walking around the house, um, I would not um, condone putting uh, any uh, chainsaws in the mix uh, if your honeydew <laughs> has that uh, like you did with your chainsaw glove but it's really one of those things where you, know, you you finish a long day at the office you get home and it's funny in, in a lot of the interviews that we did prior to finalizing you know the labels and people we talked to you know, one of the consistent things that we heard from people when they talked about why they drank beer over wine even though they loved wine was they didn't want to do the dishes Interesting, and, and I thought, well, that's perfect because you're literally supposed to drink man can from the can, and it's you've worked hard enough. You don't want to generate dishes, uh, and it's stemware, so it's one glass. But it was you know something that we heard a few different times, and we thought, oh, this is that convenience play. So you know, I think it's that um, ease and that portability, and you know the fact that if you you're throwing. There was an Instagram picture. Somebody we you know, don't know tagged Man Can Wine, and they had a Man Can with all their hiking gear as they were about to go on uh, mm. a hike. And it was great because talk about ease with pack in and pack out. Cans are 35 times lighter than bottles. They are easier to recycle. And if you go camping or canoeing or kayaking uh, and you want to – crush some wine it's going to be a heck of a lot easier to bring some man can than try to bring 
a bottle and then some glasses and then a corkscrew if it's not a screw-off. So it's that ease and that portability that we really think is our sweet spot. I could not agree more. I've gone on with Mark about uh, these very things. You're going on uh, a nice picnic with a girl you've just met, and you don't want to drag along all these. You can't even. There's not even a manly word for it. They're just accoutrement. What? Well, you uh, know, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, <laughs> you, you bring along all these little knickknacks. What? So, so Joey, so you, so you bring a corkscrew. That's not good. And oh, and I bring my aerator. That's not good. Well, bring a, <laughs> no, no, no. And, and, then you, <laughs> and then you bring. <laughs> it just needs Mark, to be. You need a sherpa when you go on a. <laughs> Ooh, well, so yeah, we'll market I mean, the wine sherpa. Th- but this go is ahead. this is so perfect because it sums up. You know, um, uh, Graham, like you, I am also on the trail end of the the millennials. There still for marketing purposes, considered one. Uh, but I don't, uh, you know, I'm uh, not, not right in the thick of it. So, uh, but I get the uh, not wanting to do dishes because um, I'm always, I need a man can because, here's Mark, because Mark. washing a wine glass, <laughs> that, Mark, that I, is really. I eat my dinners <laughs> over the sink. Okay, well, I'm, with to, I'm with you. No, I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> I mean, I I don't even you know. Yeah. I don't want a single dish dirty. Sure. If I, I, I if yeah, I'm at right. home yeah. and the family's out of town, I'm eating every meal over the sink. Well, I'll, I'll eat and I'll eat a dinner over my uh, deck balcony. So I understand what you're talking <laughs> you do. about. I you do. do. Yeah. So I love that the man can just you know it's 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 really brilliant because it's. I appreciate that. I I, I completely. Uh, you're welcome. I love it. I just I think it's great and that that. This could really catch on because you've got a lot of things that that we've learned about millennials having them on the show is they not only uh, love learning things and trying new things, but they're also, you know, not not the kind of folks. I don't know if I agree with you. They love to learn new things, Mark. I think. Well, okay. And I think I think by offering them a nice, comfortable way of entering the world of drinking wine, yeah. you're going to get them in there. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> See, I dropped a knowledge bomb on you, Mark. <laughs> I love it. No, but I, like, I think that you know, we've heard from folks that um, it is something that will, you know, ex- as I said, expand the market. And so if we can get that large number of millennials who are just getting uh, their purchasing power in full stride, who want to drink something more than, you know, Bud Light or uh, Coors, and they do have uh, a craving for wine or they like wine, here's your easy, casual go-to. And we sell it in four packs, and I always joke, that's, our, that's your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, because each can is half a bottle of wine or two heavy pours. <laughs> and people often say, well, why would you give two glasses of wine in one can? Why don't you do smaller cans? I said, well, tell me the last time that you just had one glass of wine. Exactly. Uh, you're onto something there. Everybody ponders for a second. They're yeah. like, yeah, we, we actually, I can't remember the last time I only had one glass. No, I'm with and you. And it's fascinating that the wine industry lags so far behind consumer behavior right. in terms of its vessel size. Now, Why don't we just design a vessel that actually matches the consumer behavior. And so that's what we've done with Mankin. So we've said, yeah, sure. All right, it's half a bottle, but you know, at 375 milliliters or 12.6 ounces, that's probably what you're going to drink one night. And we hear from people time and again saying, oh, I love it because I don't 
have to open up a bottle and then not finish it, I actually can crush the whole can in one night while I'm you know, watching the game or hanging out at home or man in the grill. Now, do people shotgun the man can? I do not recommend that. Uh, yeah. All right. Now, Mark, he, he's, he's the product <laughs> development. He can't recommend that. But I'm telling you what. Here's now, again, uh, an idea. One thing that I did not incorporate into my my own, I can't really call it the man can that's taken, but but a, a, you know the a, our Winefeller's tribute yes. to the man can. Yes, Joe's been talking about this all week. Go ahead. <laughs> Is um, <laughs> I wanted to introduce a small explosive charge at the base of the man can. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, of the tribute here, the tribute can we'll call yeah, it. Tribute. And so, so that you can, if you if desired, kind of hold the mouth of the can uh-huh. sealed up to your mouth. And pull a string on the back like yeah. a popper, uh, and uh, and it just instantly is literally shotgunned into your uh, stomach. Mark is shaking his head no, here. No, no, we couldn't find uh, a reason, uh, any reason in the world why you couldn't do that. So, <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Well, with Fourth of July coming up, you know, you've got fireworks galore. Uh, you should have an ample supply to you know, yourself. Ah, yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that's what I'm going to do. So, so what what's next for the man can? Is there anything in development? We're we're trying to just be able to offer it in additional markets. So, you know, I, I mentioned uh, some of those states that were in Connecticut, we're seeing a lot of traction right along the water and the North Shore, Massachusetts, uh, Ohio, uh, you know, you've got a great summer season. So we hit the full stride of summer. We're seeing a lot of folks that are learning about it. We're hearing about it from their friends who are seeing it on social media. Uh, you can buy it online uh, if you're in certain states. So if any of your listeners are out there and they're saying, God, I want to crack one open and whack one back, reach out to us at info at mancanwine.com because it's great to talk about it, but it's even better when you've got a nice cold one in your hand and you're drinking it. And we also like the red out of the fridge. People say, what? You put your red canned wine in the fridge? And I say, you know what? We're actually closer to what cellar temperature is than room temperature. And by the time you crack open a man can red from the fridge and drink it, it's right in that sweet spot of 55 to 58 degrees. And honestly, your body temperature and the fact that there's two glasses. And it's super refreshing. People are used to drinking cold beverages from cans. So throw them all in the fridge, bring friends over, crack them open, whack them back. Hashtag man can wine, and uh, we'd love uh, for you to try it. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Graham, for coming on our show. We do really do appreciate that, and uh, we'll have to have you on again as soon as we're able to uh, actually uh, grab a authentic. We're getting man some can. man cans, <laughs> and uh, but uh, I, know, please, I know I know Jess in our office. Uh, she was going to send some your way, so you should be getting them any day. And really appreciate you oh, helping that's tell awesome. our story. Well, thank, thank you, you, Graham, and uh, we'll hope to hear from you again soon. Cheers, guys. Cheers. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is is that the fun can continue online. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The 
songs that we sang when the dark days come Are the songs that we sang when we chased them away If I ever found a pot of gold I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, spun stories, loved, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play, to play That old rusty spaceship wants to sail Into the Milky Way again On a river of red, red wine Run, 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 run Run, 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 run. Let's have some fun, 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 fun. We'll drink, 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 drink. A toast to the sun, 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 sun.
What is up, Hillsboro? Good evening. This is WHUPLP Hillsboro, 